Welcome to the Hemp Can Do It podcast. This is Katia Jimenez. I am the owner of Mount Horb Hemp, a small hemp farm located in southern Wisconsin. Our guest today is Senator Patrick Teston. Senator Teston represents Wisconsin's 24th district, which includes Stevens Point and Wisconsin Rapids. He was instrumental in the writing and eventual passage of Act 100. Act 100 created Wisconsin's Industrial Hemp Pilot Program. We invited him to the studio today to tell us the story of how hemp became legal again in Wisconsin. All right. Hi, everyone. This is Katia. And Larry. Welcome to War 89.9 FM. We are here at the Hemp Can Do It podcast. And today we have a very special guest. Senator Pat Teston is here. Welcome, Senator. Great to be here. Great. Thank you. Um, Can you... Just briefly tell us a little bit uh, about yourself, um, your personal background. Sure. So I, uh, I grew up in Marinette, Wisconsin, right on the Wisconsin-UP border, about an hour north of Green Bay, and went to school at UWSP in, in Stevens Point, where I majored in political science. And um, I guess you can say I got the political bug when I was real young. And uh, primarily, my, my grandfather worked for the state of Wisconsin for many years, Blair Teston, who um, was essentially the kind of the architect of our state pension system. And Anytime we'd come down to visit, and we, I'd always be like, Grandpa, Grandpa, we got to go down and see the Capitol, and he'd drive us down, and, and I just knew one day I wanted to work in, in the Capitol, and I didn't know what form or fashion, and and uh, it was around 2008, I was a uh, junior at UWSP, and I was never really actively engaged in politics until one day I just, I hopped in my truck and went down to the local Republican Party headquarters and started off as a volunteer, making phone calls, going door to door, and then it just kind of snowballed after that, got more involved, that opened up doors, um, got to work on Sean Duffy's first congressional race in 2010, and then uh, in 2012 ran for the state assembly seat in the Stevens Point area. It was an open seat, figured probably not going to win with an R behind my name, but we'll give it a shot, and uh, of course I I got my butt kicked, I lost (laughs) by 20 points, but I just stayed involved, and in 2016 I decided to take a run for the state senate and spent basically 10 months of my life just going door to door while still working full-time as a sales representative for a wine distribution company, which I still do part-time on the side. But um, that's, um, that's kind of the, the, quick, the quick story on, on my background and how I, how I came to Madison. That's wonderful. And you represent the 24th District. Yep, yep. So the 24th Senate District, uh, it, uh, it's all of Portage County, the majority of Wood County, with the exception of Marshfield and a couple townships, goes into northern Adams County, western Washera County, um, eastern Jackson County, then northern Monroe County. So it's a pretty diverse district. You've got a university town in, in uh, Stevens Point. You've got a, a strong papermaking community in the greater Wisconsin Rapids area. To the south, you've got heavy egg with potato and vegetables. You've got a very robust cranberry industry in the western part of the district, and then in the communities of Toma and Sparta. Um, in between there, you've got Fort McCoy. So there's there's a lot to see and do in the 24th. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like Sounds like it. good hemp country. <laughs> it is it is great, great hemp country in which I, I'm really excited because I've talked to a number of farmers within the 24th Senate District who see this as a, a, a huge opportunity for them, especially in today's market where commodity prices are at an all-time low. And it's it's been really tough on our egg industry. Um, I, this is an opportunity for them to up their margins and hopefully provide for their families and have a crop that we haven't had in the state since the late 50s. Yes, that's for sure. So how did you come to know about hemp? Was it a particular person or were you interested in it from a historical standpoint? It, that is a really funny story. And um, 
I got approached by now retired state representative Jesse Kramer early on in my first session in 2017. And he walked in my office and he said, Senator, I've got a bill idea for you. I said, sure, what is it? He said, it's hemp. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want to touch this. I don't want to do anything about this. I don't want anything marijuana related. He's like, whoa, it's not marijuana. I said, well, hemp's marijuana, right? And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, it's completely different. He started to walk me through it. So we sat down and chatted for must have been about 15, 20 minutes. And I said, okay, Representative, let me let me do some research. Let me get some background information. And so I spent a couple of days and I basically learned what I, everything I need to know about hemp and went back and looked at the history of this crop in the state. When I realized, you know, Wisconsin was once a national leader of this crop um, decades ago, the light bulb kind of went off in my head and said, okay, there is no reason why we shouldn't be doing this. And so I called him up and I said, I'm in, let's start doing this. We got the bill introduced and, and the rest is history. Can you tell us a little bit about that process? As a new legislator, how, how did you even approach such a, such a big topic? Well, that, that, that's kind of funny in itself too, Larry, because I remember the first time we talked about this in, in our caucus in the Senate. And initially, you know, as I, I discussed it, people were calling it marijuana. This is a marijuana bill. And I had to educate a lot of my colleagues. And it took some time. I think that was the biggest hurdle that we faced with, with this bill, just trying to educate people on what it is. There are so many misconceptions. And because it looks like it looks like marijuana, it sometimes smells like marijuana, people just assume it's marijuana. But as we went through the process and you know, basically told people, you can't, there's no psycho, psychoactive effect on this. You can't get high from it if you smoke it. You can try. You'll get a bad headache, I think. But I think it was really the, the benefits, not just to our farmers, but all the different products and potential research and development that people kind of realize, all right, let's 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 do this. And this it really started to pick up steam. And by the time it came to the Senate, I will never forget the day that we voted on it and the roll call votes going through. And some of my colleagues who I thought for sure were going to be absolutely no's voted yes on it. And when it was unanimous... I just kind of turned around to the press corps and was just, my jaw was on the ground. I'm like, they're like, well, Senator, you got to be pretty happy. I'm like, that was easy. <laughs> and uh, to have it then go to the assembly and pass unanimously, it just goes to show that there was obviously a lot of interest in, in this um, crop. And it had the momentum. It was, I think it was the perfect storm for it this time. So I don't know if it was necessarily our efforts. Um, we certainly did what we could to educate our, our colleagues, but I think we just kind of hit the perfect environment for this to, to finally get across the finish line because there have been legislators before me who have worked really hard on this on this legislation, but we're just never quite able to get it over that hump. And thankfully, once we did, it just we rolled rolled across the finish line. Yeah, and we you know we're we're looking now at some changes to the law based on uh, the changes that have just been implemented at the federal level, and I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how you're seeing those changes laying out and rolling out, and and how we have to react. Great question, and you know, I think Larry, you don't get enough credit for the the work that you put into when you were with Ledge Council and. And really, I think a lot of industry leaders have said the law that we crafted under Act 100, the Farm Freedom Act, is one of the, the gold standards for, for hemp legislation in the country. And what was great about what we, what we worked on together was that the, the Farm Freedom Act um, basically allowed us to grow and change with federal law. Now, with the 2018 Farm Bill, 
and the descheduling of industrial hemp as a as a narcotic. Um, that was great news, but the feds took it a little bit further than we had anticipated. And so right now, um, there are a number of us, uh, myself and uh, Representative Kurtz, who's the new state representative from the 50th Assembly District, uh, members of the Farm Bureau, the Wisconsin Hemp Alliance, and working with the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection to craft new legislation that puts us in line with changes at the federal level. Because at the end of the day, we want to make sure that our farmers, our producers, the manufacturers have the utmost freedom to utilize every single component of of the hemp plant here at the state level. And so part of it, too, is that trying to make sure that we still hold on to our, our, um, our hemp program. Because as this industry grows, the worst thing that we could do is just have the marketplace be flooded with not just growers, and all these different products are on the marketplace that it, it essentially kills kills this industry. So we're trying to create a regulatory framework that is going to allow this industry to grow organically. And I think that's really where we're going to see the most success. Um, in year one of the industrial hemp pilot program, I don't think any of us anticipated the number of applications that the department was going to receive. I think when we sat down with organizations like Farm Bureau, if we could have had a dozen two dozen, we would have been really happy. But the fact that we had over 350 applications filed to the state, it was, holy cow, Wisconsin's <laughs> ready. Wisconsin's ready to lead in, in this crop again. And now that we're hearing numbers from the department that, you know, this program could potentially increase fivefold, I keep telling people, Kentucky, you better watch your back because Wisconsin's coming for you <laughs> in, in industrial hemp. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that I think people would be interested to hear more about what you see as the challenges in the legislative arena moving forward here in, in 2019. I think some of the biggest challenges that we face right now, and regardless of what people's opinions are and what we did with Act 100, the changes that were made at the federal level, because um, now whether your state regulates it regulates hemp or not, you have the ability to interstate, interstate transport and commerce. So hemp is here. And I think one of the biggest challenges that we have run into now, um, there have been a number of concerns brought up by law enforcement agencies around the state that when they do a traffic stop and they come across someone who has hemp products on them, it's very difficult for them to differentiate hemp from marijuana. Because right now, all of the field tests are going to test positive because even at 0.3% THC or less, when you put that product and sample it, it will test positive. And so that presents a unique challenge for law enforcement. And so what we're trying to do right now is work with them to um, let them know that we're trying to address some of their concerns. So I think that's probably going to be our biggest hurdle as we um, do Hemp 2.0 this session is to try and get law enforcement to a point where they're comfortable, even though we change it at the federal level. Hemp is here whether they like it or not. And so it, and I've said this to a number of my police chiefs in, in my district, with the passage of Act 100 and with the changes at, at the federal level, there's no question their jobs have become more difficult and they're going to have to change some of their police tactics. And, you know, that can be tough and can be tough to embrace, but it's here. And so 
Um, we're working with them. I think what would be really beneficial, and we know that there are some companies that are working on this right now, if we could get a field test that can differentiate THC concentrations, I think that will clear up a lot of confusion within uh, the law enforcement community. But we certainly, we they're at the table. We're having very productive conversations with them. And my goal is to make sure that they're comfortable with whatever that with whatever we do, because they already have a pretty difficult job, and we don't want to make it even more difficult. Right. Well, it sounds like you're already taking on the, you're pivoting in your second term to uh, working closely with a new administration. Uh, you, you said the, the, the Department of Agriculture is one of your partners at this point in, in designing the strategy moving forward. How has that transition been? It's been good. Um, it, I think the the difference between where we're at now from where we were back in 2017. I mean, we kind of we 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 put a lot on their plate. I mean, with the passage of it, we gave them a, a pretty short time frame to establish the emergency rules to get this program established in year one, because we didn't want to miss out on an entire season to grow our our first crop since 1957. So I think now it's a it's a much more collaborative effort. I mean, we have had several sit downs with. Um, the secretaries and the administrators of the program to go through hemp 2.0 language section by section to take their recommendations, give them our recommendations. So it's been a very collaborative process, and I think it's put us in a much better place from where we were a year ago when we were all excited. We want to get this done as fast as we can. And again, I give the department so much credit because we asked them to lift an entire mountain, essentially, to reintroduce a crop we haven't had here in decades, and they they knocked it out of the park. And so now, now especially with the, the boom that we're expected, expected to see in year two, we want to make sure that they're sitting at the table and active participants in, in the legislative process. What have you heard from your uh, constituents or just growers and people that are now um, in the hemp space throughout the state? Are they excited or are they... What do you hear out there? They're excited. There's a lot of optimism out there right mm-hmm. now. I think um, one of the biggest setbacks that we had uh, in year one, there was a lot of unknowns because we were in this weird cross-section between you know, federal law, state law, what DEA still considered controlled substance. So a lot of people are kind of uncertain. I think in year two, with some of the changes that were made at the federal level, more people are, are willing to jump in. And now that um, it's no longer a controlled substance at the federal level, now you're seeing more opportunities for financial institutions to come in. And as opposed to just having this be a, a cash industry, that um, we're actually going to see financial institutions hopefully get into the lending game. Now, Grant, they're still slowly testing those waters, but um, I'm encouraged. I really am. And I just, when I take a look at, at all the possibilities, I... I mean, it seems like every day I hear a new example of what hemp can do. It's like, what can't this this crop do? From biodiesels to fiber to, to hempcrete to CBD oil. And there's thousands and thousands of other applications out there that I, I really do see this as the... We, we've called in my office, this is like trying to introduce cranberries to Wisconsin. Now, granted, it's a little bit more difficult. There's a lot more hurdles that we have to, to go through just given the nature of this crop. But... I mean, this is really an opportunity to, to introduce a crop that, again, Wisconsin once led in and uh, has generated so much interest and buzz. What do you tell someone that 
has a small business and is is kind of waiting for for that lending to come to come through for the crop insurance to come through. Um, do you see that happening in six months, a year, or how how do you feel about that? I think it's on its way. Um, I know there was a survey, I believe, last month, which we, uh, that came out from the Bankers Association that showed that roughly 17% of banks within the state express some interest. Now, we have sat down with both the, the Bankers Association as well as the credit union to kind of gauge their support and, and let them know that, um, that they can get into this business. Because there's a lot of uncertainty, you know, if we get in here, does this mean the feds can come in and shut us down? Well, from our interpretation of what passed federally and what we have at the state level, no, you're, you're free to do business with these, with these companies. And on the insurance side, I know um, Rural Mutual Insurance, they've been in talks of trying to create a product that would for like hail damage for, for hemp. So I think you're going to see these products come online naturally and organically as more and more people take interest in, in this crop. And if everything that the Department of Agriculture has shown us that this program is going to increase fivefold, I think that's going to send a pretty strong signal to um, other sectors that, yeah, it's game on. We, we'd be crazy not to get into this industry. Yeah, we do see quite a few uh, banks leading the way, I think, in terms of developing that, working, doing the work to develop that comfort level. The credit unions seem to be a little bit behind, but uh, everybody will be there eventually. Right. And that's, and that's why I'm so encouraged by everything I'm seeing. I mean, you've got so many different cross sections of our, of our egg economy of, um, that are just, they're just a buzz right now. And, and even on the processor side, I mean, some of the some of the work that's being done there, and the new techniques on how to extract different uh, oils and and convert the can the uh, I can never say the, the can cannabidiol cannabidiol. Good lord, that was a tough one. But uh, CBD, yeah, <laughs> different different methods of um, how how this can be produced and manufactured. It's it's really. I'm so excited about this. I smile from ear to ear every day when we start talking <laughs> about this because it's not every day as a, as a legislator you get to help introduce an entire new new economy to the state. And what was really neat, so last September I got to um, work the hemp harvest with some farmers of that I represent in the uh, northeastern corner of uh, Portage County and, and southern, Monroe, southern Marathon County. You're welcome to come help me this fall if you'd like. Done deal. <laughs> and they grew... They grew 35 acres of hemp, and the varietal that they, they grew was primarily for the seed. And they pressed the seed on site to make biodiesel that they're running their tractors on. I mean, it, it was just so incredible. And what was, neat for, what was neat about it for me, oftentimes as legislators, when an idea comes to us or an idea for a bill, it's on a piece of paper. And you never really, really get to see the finished product. And so to actually go through the introduction of the legislation, go through the entire process to get it signed into law, and then just to see the organic growth, but then actually go in the field and, and work, work work the field with your hands, and then to see what they're doing with the end product, it was just the full circle just really opened my eyes and, and uh, really just hammered home the notion to me that what we do down here in Madison truly does matter, and it impacts people's lives. Definitely. I am... I grew a, a small amount of hemp, and I opened a small business. I've never done that before, so hemp brought me to um, to the business world in a sense. So it's it's really it's really touched a lot of people in many different ways. I see a lot of 
um, non-traditional farmers, um, a lot of women, um, a lot of maybe city people that are renting land to be able to grow hemp and, and be part of, of the process. So it's, it is really exciting. Do you use any hemp products, any of the lotions or CBD? I do. Or? Yeah, I do. Uh, I use uh, CBD oil. Um, I, it's actually, so I, I do a lot of power lifting. And with that, at 30 years old, I, I've got some creaks I didn't used to have back <laughs> when I was 18 or 21. And and I've been using it to help with uh, arthritis in my lower back. And then also I, I take it before bed and it helps me sleep through the night. And uh, I purchased it from an individual. She's a, a hemp grower down in Kentucky. In fact, um, it was Katie Moyer who's been very instrumental and a national leader going from state to state to help get their hemp pilot programs online and help them with legislation. And so uh, she came up and testified in in our uh, community hearings back in 2017. So I, I called her up one day. I'm like, hey, any recommendations? And, <laughs> and uh, I went to her website and ordered some, and I've been taking it for about a month and a half now, and I see the benefits of it. And the stories I've heard from constituents who have talked about their experience with the use of CBD. Now, I know some people say, oh, it's a placebo, or it doesn't work, or it's the it's snake oil. It's hard for me to believe it's snake oil or it's the, the greatest placebo of the 21st century when I hear the stories of constituents and individuals who've had just a, a huge benefit from it. So from my own experience, I've, I've noticed a difference. I've benefited from it just as thousands of others across the state and across this country have. So for me, I'm, I'm very supportive of, of CBD, and, and since I've taken it, I'm, I'm on the CBD train. <laughs> How do you see those, those products that you're mentioning um, being regulated or, or making sure that the quality is there, that a consumer is purchasing what they think that they're purchasing? Um, how are we going to kind of bring all that together so it's safe? I think that is one of the, the biggest challenges that we, we have to address in this trailer legislation that we're going to introduce because there have been a number of instances where people are claiming to sell CBD products, but when they get tested, it's not what they claim to be. And I think that's where a lot of concern has come from, too, from the law enforcement community. So I do think we have to have some minimum set standards. So when that consumer goes into a health and wellness store that sells CBD products, that they know that it is, in fact, CBD and that it is within the legal framework that's provided to them under law. Because I don't think there is – you can't go to any store anywhere in the state and not find CBD products. I mean, I filled up my car at a gas station in Stevens Point before I came down to Madison yesterday, and they had CBD gummies and CBD – all different types of CBD products. And so what I've been trying to tell people is – do your homework. Make sure that you're doing the research on this because we just don't have that framework set up yet, but it's on its way. That, that is exactly where I was going to go with it, Senator, that that go talk to the people who are selling it. If they don't have answers to your questions, find them for yourself uh, or go to somebody who does. Uh, and there is research that can be done. Ask them what independent testing they're doing and and, and make sure you're comfortable with the choices you make. And, and the, it, the, the assumption shouldn't be, though, that it's going through a, a real fine filter at this point because it, it's really not. Right. And that's going to be one of the challenges that we, we're going to run into because this is a new industry, because it's 
considered the, the green rush right now. So many people are trying to get into the CBD game because right now that's where a lot of the profitability is. That's where a lot of the interest is. So, yeah, it is. it really is at in the – in the time being, buyer beware. We want to make sure you want to make sure that if CBD is something that you want to use, if you want to use, do your homework. But in the meantime, we do have to make sure that we work with our state agencies and law enforcement to um, provide some certainty out there, especially for law enforcement. Whether they do a, a traffic stop and come across someone who may have a bag of hemp flour or a jar of CBD oil. We want to have them know for certain that is, in fact, a legal product. But uh, that's something that we continue to discuss and work on, and I I think we're going to get to a place that will provide that assurance, not just to consumers, but to law enforcement as well and the general public. Yeah, and that that brings up another issue, which is, there's there's different layers as of 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 product safety regulation from uh, state requirements that obviously are being discussed and, and and wrestled with right now, but also at the federal level we have the FDA and, and authority there. Uh, do you anticipate the FDA moving forward uh, to to make more uh, fle- provide more flexibility under the laws that they oversee? I would hope so, but Larry, as you know, any time that when we talk about the federal government and federal bureaucracy, it's a whole different animal than what we deal with here at the state, but I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that we should hopefully get some guidance from not just the FDA, but also the USDA, so um, we can have some guidance as we work on our our regulatory framework for Wisconsin and also taking a look at what other states have done. I know, for instance, in states like Indiana, they put basically a QR code on all um, hemp products. So that way a consumer can go in with their iPhone or smartphone, scan that product and know that it's been third third party tested, that it is, in fact, what it claims to be. And I think that is potentially one avenue we could pursue. And uh, that's going to be a discussion that I think we're going to have to have with the uh, Wisconsin Hemp Alliance, the hemp manufacturers and and our, our state regula- regulators as well. So, Senator, you, you work a lot. Um, you're very passionate about your work. We all benefit from that. But what, what sorts of things do you do when you're not working? Well, if I'm not at work, I, uh, I try and get to the gym four or five days a week. Although right now with the start of session, I've, uh, I've been slacking a little bit. So I try and get a couple hours, well, if, if I'm lucky, an hour at the, at the hotel, which isn't the same. But um, if I'm not at the gym, love going up to our family cottage up in Three Lakes. We're right on the Chain of Lakes up there, and um, my grandparents bought it basically when I was born, and, and it's a great place for our family to go and cruise on the lakes, water ski, tube, sit by a fire, have a couple cold beers at the end of the night, and uh, love to hunt, go rifle hunting with my dad every every year with his group of friends, so it's just, uh, it's just nice to get away every once in a while. Wonderful. Looking, I don't know, two to five years from now, what are you hoping for our hemp industry here in Wisconsin? What does it look like? My hope is is that in the next five years, Wisconsin is going to be the national leader in hemp production in, in, this, in the country, and I think we are well on our way. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. You had a long day and you came to visit us here at Wart, and we well, really appreciate it. Thanks yeah, for having me on. appreciate it. Thank you. That was Senator Pat Teston, who joined us today on the Hemp Can Do It podcast at WORT 89.9 FM. Senator Teston shared with us his role in adopting the legislation that made 
Hemp Legal in Wisconsin for the first time in almost a century, and some of the efforts that he's involved in to continue to move this industry forward, including new legislation that will set the state up to operate under the new federal program for hemp production.